Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to episode 55 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This is the 26th of February, and as the lovely lady out front said, my name is Jason A. Meiske. Man, she's got a beautiful voice, doesn't she? I'm I'm a lucky man that uh, that the owner of that beautiful voice, she and I just celebrated 22 years of marriage here just a couple weeks ago. I I should have said something last time, but I pre-recorded the intro so far in advance that it slipped my mind of when that was going to happen. But uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, you know, happy anniversary to my beautiful wife. Every day with her is is like the first day. <laughs> All right. A little bit cheesiness there, but uh, that's okay. That's that's pretty much who I am. Uh, anyway, like I said, welcome back. Uh, this is the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their published books. Uh, you're going to get to hear a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter every week right here on this show. And like I said, they are published books, meaning you can go right out and pick up this book at the end of the show if you like what you hear. Follow the links in the show notes. You can grab a copy of it, and you know, hopefully, you do enjoy the book because I've read a lot of these stories that uh, that have been told on here, and I have enjoyed every one of them so far. I am a big believer in leaving reviews, so if you find a book that you enjoy, no matter whether you heard it on this show or not, always please remember to go back in Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes and Noble, wherever it is that you're finding your book, and leave them a review. And it doesn't matter. Some people don't realize, you know, you go to a show or you go to the library or you go somewhere else and you read a book. You're like, okay, great. It was good. Then you put the book away. You'll take it back to the library or you stick it on your shelf. No, go online and leave a review. Let them know. Hey, I checked this book out at the library and I loved it. Hey, I met this author at a book signing and I would have their autographed copy of it and I read it and I loved it. You know, any of those methods, it doesn't, just because, like, Amazon has verified reviews doesn't mean you can't say something about how you got this book. So make sure you go in there, leave a review, and tell that author how much you enjoyed or maybe what you think they need to do to fix the book. Because as an author myself, we enjoy all reviews. Even the bad ones, you know, it gives us something to reflect on and and decide well, you know, is this something I should try and fix? Is this something that they have a good point on? Or is the review just full of crap? <laughs> well, you know, because sometimes, you know, you read a review and you go, okay, you didn't really read it, did you? But anyway, I'm sure all of you out there listening always leave uh, positive reviews. So, as a favor to me, if you was to find a book because of this show that you do enjoy, maybe, maybe uh, make a little note on there saying, I found this book because of the Sample Chapter podcast. I'm not going to hold your uh, your hand over the fire and make you do it, you know. <laughs> it's just, just something that uh, I was talking to somebody about here a while back, and uh, yeah, they thought that was a cool idea too. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe one of these days. But anyway, moving on. I've had, uh, you know, I said a quick happy anniversary to my wife. Uh, this past weekend was my granddaughter's fourth birthday. And I am, I am realizing my age. <laughs> now, yes, I am. I am a grandpa, and she is now four. Biological, I guess, would be the way to put it. 
because uh, my son has a has a no stepdaughter, and uh, we love her too. She is my granddaughter as well. But this is my oldest biological one, the one who kind of kicked things off for me, going, "Oh crap! I, if I'm going to write, I need to get going." And uh, we went to a place that had, uh, you know, like bouncy castles and inflatable obstacle courses, inflatable obstacle courses, um, and other stuff. There was there was like uh, you know rings and other things and. Uh, needless to say, you know, I didn't think I was going to do anything when I, you know, when we went, but once I got there and I saw this stuff, I was like a kid all over again. I couldn't wait to get out there and try out a few of these things. And I did. And, you know, happy to say, even though I'm in my late forties and I'm a grandpa, I could still hold my own. I still did a few things. I surprised myself with a few things I did. And, uh, Wow. I was really sore that night and pretty stiff the next day. I'm <laughs> still a little stiff, uh, kind of feeling my age. Uh, oh my goodness! But you know what? It was, it was great fun. And uh, you know, my my granddaughter had an amazing time. She had so much fun to watch her playing with her friends on uh, all this stuff. So that was even more fun than me getting to be a kid again. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! So I'm trying to stretch out here. I've, uh, gone back to my old man stuff of enjoying my cigar and whiskey as I prepare this episode and talk with you for a minute. While I uh, take a little sip, we'll get on over to our a word from our sponsor. You store all out of Warrensburg, Missouri is the absolute premium place for your self-storage needs. Whether you are looking for climate control or non-climate control, they have two facilities that are completely fenced in, gated access, and 24-hour video surveillance on more than 50 cameras. Check them out online, ustorall.net. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. Hey, thank you very much, uh, Ustorall. That's been our sponsor for well over a year now, and uh, we are really, really grateful to have them. Don't forget to check out our friends over at Pop Goes the Culture Network. Uh, they have a couple of, several different podcasts, actually, and they share, they are, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, they share our episodes every week as well. Uh, they, they have some really, really cool stuff that they, uh, that they do every week. And, uh, so you definitely want to get over to that network and, uh, see some of their shows. Really, really cool stuff. Check them out online as well. This week we are speaking with indie sensation, multiple award-winning horror author, Ken Stark. Coming out of Vancouver, Canada, he is a writer, a painter, a blogger. He has a very successful zombie series called the, uh, Stage 3 series that he's been writing for a few years that's the books some of the books that's been getting him some awards uh, he has other ones called jitters and uh, then the book we're going to hear from today called arcadia falls uh he's got some really creepy stuff and we had a amazing chat because you're gonna for as creepy as this stuff is you're gonna be blown away when you hear the gentle sounds of uh, almost almost bob ross uh, coming through your headset or however it is you're listening to this because he is a very soft-spoken and wonderful human being just grateful to be here grateful to be doing what he enjoys and you know it just goes back to what I've, I've, I've experienced so many times is horror authors can be some of the most pleasant people I've ever talked to and Ken Stark is is definitely an exemplary uh, example of such a person. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> our advancing ages. 
being something that inspired uh, him to get back into writing, uh, how his characters have developed for his stories and how some characters even jumped off the page and uh, wanted to have a bigger part. You know, how that comes about. Uh, he uh, teases us a little bit with a secret project that's coming soon. And uh, I teased him a little bit. It, it, it was off camera, so to speak, off uh, the microphone. I teased him a little bit because I knew he was a little bit nervous about coming on the show. But uh, I teased him a little bit about uh, I was going to have to fix a few things that uh, he had done. But no, he did fantastic. I realized later on I never did uh, tell him exactly that that he did great and you're going to hear it. He does a fantastic reading. It, it's a wonderful story. It's a creepy tale and it definitely leaves you wanting more. So let's get on over to our interview with horror author Ken Stark. Hey, hey, hey everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Today I am joined by multiple indie author award winner, from Vancouver, Canada, Ken Stark. Ken, welcome to the show, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jason. I, I, I'd love to have you here. It's it's always fun when I get to have a horror author on. Uh, you know, we get lots of other authors, but uh, yeah, for some reason, the horror authors just seem to have that little edge that I just love to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, go ahead and uh, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well... I was born in the prairies. We moved to Vancouver when I was young, and I'm still here. And uh, really, some of my earliest memories were of me sitting on my bed, writing out stories in my little school exercise book. Uh, so I literally started writing as far back as I can remember. Uh, the stories were never very good, and they didn't always get finished, but it was always something I loved doing. So in my teens, I actually wrote an entire book, and I thought it was pretty good. But apparently I was the only one, <laughs> so I, I shopped it around. Back then, there was only really only the big five publishers, and if they didn't want your stuff, you're pretty much done. Uh, so I, I sent it in, and of course they rejected it, and rightly so. But being a teenager, of course I didn't handle the rejection well, so I stopped sending anything anywhere. I kept writing, but from then on it was only for myself. Mm. Um, now flash forward a, a couple of decades and I knew it was time to put up or shut up. I still wanted to be a writer and I had so many stories I had to tell. Uh, so I, I sat down one day and over the course of a year, probably I wrote an entire book again. And again, I shopped it around and again, nobody wanted it. So after four or five rejections, uh, I didn't get dissuaded this time, but it made me take a good long, hard look at that book that I'd written, and I realized it just wasn't very good. It wasn't good enough, at least. So I sat down and started again, and I wrote stage three and sent it in, and it was accepted by the very first publisher I sent it to, Severed Press. And, oh. yeah, and, and uh, it kicked off everything. So now I could finally say I'm a writer. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's just fantastic. What... Uh... What what was what do you think was it that uh, that gave you that final push? Like there's so many of us, myself included, who you know grow up writing stories, wanting to be a writer, and one thing or another has happened, and then finally we reach a certain point where it's like I'm doing it now. What what do you think was that final motivation for you? Uh, probably the advancing years. Uh, 
you know, once you once you hit fifty, you start thinking, well, you know, how much time do I have left? What's really important? Uh, what is my dream? What is my passion? And the only thing I ever wanted to do was write. Uh, it seems like everything else was just kind of me sleepwalking through through the world. So I knew I knew I wanted to write. I knew I had to write something and and actually try and see if I can live my dream. And here I am. So I guess there's a lesson there. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can totally relate to that. It was uh, for me it, pretty much the same thing when I found out I was going to be a grandpa. That's when I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a writer by now. I was supposed to be. <laughs> you know, ready to yeah. retire and just write. So, yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> Do you recall some of your uh, favorite childhood stories that you would write? Uh, no, I don't think I remember anything. I, I certainly didn't keep anything. <laughs> uh, I, I suppose I had a short story that was along the lines of sort of an insect infestation. And I probably only wrote a couple of pages, but that eventually, over all these years, became Jitters, uh, one of my books. Oh my gosh! All right. So that's <laughs> that's really the only thing from my childhood. The, the rest of it wasn't really worth remembering, or certainly not keeping. <laughs> well, speaking of Jitters, as we were talking about before the before the show, just the cover and the font that you <laughs> used on that uh, to spell out Jitters, it. It definitely gives you chills to see it and then to read it along and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the cover doesn't really leave much to the imagination, does it? I love, I love that cover. Oh, it's, it definitely tells the, uh, the reader what they are in for, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what, uh, now you also are a, a painter. Uh, we'll get a little side thing here for a minute. I, I want to hear about your painting. I started painting probably in my 30s. Uh, and I, it, it, again, it was something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I used to watch the old Bob Ross show mm-hmm. on, on public TV. And it just fascinated me that he could, he could make something that good that fast. So I, again, it, the time just came when I, I just simply had to try it. So I got all the supplies and I recorded a whole bunch of shows and I followed along. And, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of years ago. And hopefully I'm better than I was, but I, I mostly do just uh, landscapes, throwing the odd deer here or you know elephant there. And uh, recently I I tried to uh, like I, I always try to put people in the paintings too, but it never works because I can't do people well. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I had a promotion online where I where I decided I'm going to paint a few zombies and give those away just as a promotion. Mm-hmm. And they were so much fun, and they turned out so well that I, I'm going to have to keep doing those, I think. Oh, that's great. Line my walls with zombies. <laughs> is that uh, is that something uh, that you do on your website? Uh, I don't think there's really anything about my painting on the website besides the the background oh, okay. pictures, which, which are, are all my paintings. Um, yeah, I just i i don't I don't plan on selling anything. I I just I keep them or I give them away to unsuspecting family members. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so going back to your writing then, how, where do you find your inspiration? Because it looks like you started off with your zombies. Uh, you got into, uh, you know, of course, jitters we talked about. Uh, where do you find your, your inspiration for, for these stories? Oh, they just come from anywhere. 
someone will say something or I'll just look around and I'll see, I'll see a face in the crowd. And really all it takes, especially for a horror writer is just, just twist reality a little bit and follow it to its ultimate worst conclusion. <laughs> so quite honestly, I could just, I could sit in my living room and just, you know, see something across the room and well, what would happen if I, if this happened there and then, like I say, just just follow it along and make it as as horrible as possible. <laughs> do you uh, do you plan out your books? Are you are you a planner, or do you just kind of see where where it goes? I do I do plan. I don't start a book unless I know where I'm going with it. So I don't do a rigid outline, but I do know all the high points I want to hit along the way, mm-hmm. and I just I leave myself some some room to get from A to B. Uh, because I think it makes the story flow more organically. It, it just seems to, to happen more naturally. And some surprising things just come out of the blue when you do it that way. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I've, I've learned, I, I've, I've learned the lessons of uh, the benefits of not really planning every bit of it. Cause I've, I've learned that if I plan it out to every step, I, I don't know, I don't really go back to it. I feel like I've already written it. And, yeah, uh, I, I just don't really do anything in, with the book. It it took me so long to finish my first one because I had done that exact thing. And when I finally just was like, you know, I'm gonna start over and huh. just see what uh, see what happens, see what what takes place. I ended up with new characters, situations, scenarios, and and I liked it much better. Yeah, it's it, it seems like when you're following a rigid outline, it it becomes more work. Like it's just it's so labor intensive, and I'm just I'm following along, and I have to have to get from here to there precisely this manner. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just, it turns something that should be enjoyable into labor. Right. Right. Now, do you have a, do you ever come across a situation where a character has uh, maybe a minor character has suddenly become uh, something bigger than, than what you realized they were going to be. And maybe they kind of t- start to take over. Uh, yes, actually. Um, in, in my latest book, Stage Three Bravo, there's a character named Alejandra, and she was she was a, a very minor character in Stage Three Alpha, but boy does she shine in Bravo. She just she she became uh, just this incredible character that I just I fell in love with, and I just uh, I let her go. I let her have free reign, and man, she's she really impressed me. <laughs> But again, that's something that just came out of left field. She just she showed me who she wanted to be, and I said, "Okay, here we go." Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah. And, and so, and that that comes out of like you said, that's your stage three series. You got three books so far in the zombie series, uh, stage three, then Alpha, and then Bravo. Mm-hmm. This is really cool, and you're looking to uh, go through the alphabet with this. I'm hoping, yeah. As as long <laughs> as someone out as long, as long as someone out there likes them. And as long as I still like writing them, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love, then then yeah, I, I plan on going all the way to uh, Zulu. That's great. I mean, it's nice to know that you got yourself a uh, you know somewhere you, something you can fall back on. You can write your other stories, and then ah, it's time to go back and let's see where we are. Uh, okay, uh, um, Hilo. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and my my plan is to hopefully do two books. This year, and I, I want to alternate between a stage three book and a non-zombie standalone horror book. So that's the plan. I don't know if I'll do it, but that is the plan. 
Well, that's a, that sounds like a pretty cool plan. That way you keep the uh, the zombie followers um, in tow, and they, they know that there's another one coming out, but then you can also... Yeah. Show them something different, uh, kind of like uh, you're. Uh, you had you were part of an anthology back around Halloween. That was really cool. The What Lies Beyond the Shadows. That was yeah. that's really neat. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Bella and Emmy put that up, and uh, and she's awesome. She just she got a bunch of us together and said, "Okay, give me your your best scary Halloween story." So <laughs> that, was of, that was a lot of fun. That's great. And sixteen authors, sixteen stories. So that's that's great to be a part of. So that's really really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so your latest book, uh, Arcadia Falls. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, Arcadia Falls came about when I asked my friend's teenage daughter what kind of books she liked to read, and she said something scary with a monster and some kind of mystery. But the clincher was the clincher was the monster had to be brand new. Mm. Uh, so she didn't want sparkly vampires she didn't want uh, werewolves she wants something new so uh the book takes place in the town of arcadia falls and it becomes clear early on that something is going on in town people are disappearing and no one seems to be taking any notice until one high school kid uh starts to look into it and he discovers something evil is preying on the town and might have been for quite some time so we're with nowhere else to turn it's up to him and a few of his friends to stop this thing uh, before it takes up too. So it's, it's listed as young adult, mostly because I kept the language clean. Uh, but really that was more for the young reader's parent than for the young reader. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's the only concession I made. I, I still want to give kids nightmare. I just don't want to teach them dirty words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was something that, uh, my own book, I, I'm always hesitant to say, young adult because there's there's a rape scene there's bad language and there's stuff throughout and i'm like i don't know <laughs> and, you know so somebody will say like yeah my 13 year old wants to read your book i'm going well <laughs> maybe maybe it's like it, i don't know how somebody's you know what what their uh, maturity is so <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a tough one yeah so i'm like uh, maybe maybe you read it first and see what you think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's where i would have gone yeah Good idea. Yeah. Well, so aside from another stage three book uh, this year, uh, what else can we expect from you? Uh, I'm working on something now that I can't really tell you about. It's uh, oh. all I can. I know, I know, but no, it's it's not even halfway through yet. Um, it doesn't even have a title. Mm. It's 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 another small town in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and it. This, this town is uh, sort of the analogy of, of the world at large. So what's happening in town is happening throughout the world, but we see it through the eyes of these people in this one small town. So we get to know the characters before things start to happen. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you'll have to make sure and let me know whenever that is, once you get your title and you have a release date, so that way I can, I can share that as well. So, cause it sounds, awesome. it, it sounds exciting. Yeah, that's that's great. Of course, I will let you know, and hopefully, it turns <laughs> out good. <laughs> well, uh, to, where can people follow you online? Where can they find you? The best place to find me is my website. It's just kenstark.ca, and I have all my links to everything on my website. Uh, get me on on social media. You'll see my Twitter addresses uh, at Pennyless Scribe. Same with Facebook, Pennyless Scribe, and there's a uh, 
there's a message page. You can send me a message. I can't respond to them all, but you know I'll read them. And there's and there's always a few short stories that you can download and share around. Absolutely free. Great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool website. I love going through there and seeing Thank that you, you got your your stories to chill the blood and and like I said, it's you know, for some reason it's just it's always so much fun to speak to a horror author. They're always the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> I, I told someone that before, and they, they thought I was just being self-aggrandizing. But no, it's really true. <laughs> Maybe we, we get all that evil out on the page, so there, so all that's left is the good. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> well, Ken, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hand the floor over to our guest, Ken Stark, with Arcadia Falls. Okay, I have to set this up just a little bit. Tyler is the main character. This is told through his eyes. It's actually my first and only uh, first-person story. And Tyler has just finished his first day of grade 12, his last year of high school. He's walking home, and he realizes he's being followed by a van. So he deeks down a side road. He loses the van, but now he's in a part of town that he's never seen before. And that's where we pick it up. This was not any world I knew. This was a land that time forgot. Before me was a wide open space, perhaps a mile across. A flat ribbon of land that might once have been a roadway ran across my path, but it was so overgrown with weeds and moss and scraggly little scrub trees clawing at its edges that it was nearly swallowed whole. And as it snaked its way off into the distance, I could just make out crumbling heaps of ancient weather-worn timber dotting the landscape, half hidden by encroaching vegetation. At one point along the ancient road, I could even see a mound of rusted metal that appeared to be wrapped around the base of a squat, gnarled tree, then the roadway twisted out of sight and disappeared into the unknown, and I was left to make some sort of sense of the place. Clearly, this was a ghost town, abandoned so long ago that whatever structures there had been had long ago crumbled away. So long ago that the land was able to reclaim most of its own. So long ago that a single gnarled tree had had time to go through the skeletal remains of what must have once been a car, but no ordinary car. I could clearly see running boards and the flat roof of something from the time of Bonnie and Clyde, the last time a relic like that would have plied the road was a century ago. But was it possible that this ghost town could have been here for that long? But no, this wasn't just a ghost town. It was worse than that. This place was a graveyard. And if this city of the dead needed a tombstone, it had one in the form of a single structure standing a hundred yards distant and oddly untouched by the ravages of time. The place was partially obscured by grass as high as wheat, and parts of it were falling to pieces. But there it stood, tall and narrow, amid the decaying ruins. It had a sloped roof and the remains of a widow's walk hanging at an angle from the upper floor. The window glass was all thickening towards the bottom, as if it had spent a century melting in the sun, and an old bench squatted drunkenly on the front porch as it sank inevitably into rotting floorboards. Warped and cracked wooden siding was shedding great swaths of old paint like dead skin, and high up on the gable end of the structure, the side directly facing me, a huge round window gazed out upon the graveyard like a giant dead eye, as black as pitch and as unblinking as the darkest of if a creepier building existed on Earth, I couldn't imagine it. This was a place the monsters might have called home. But no, I take that back. Even the monsters wouldn't have lived in that wreck of a house. The monsters wouldn't have been caught dead there. I forced a chuckle, but the sound echoed through the stillness like a shouted curse inside a tomb. It was the final straw. With no GPS, no map, no sure way out, and the horrifying thought of setting a single foot in this graveyard of abandoned souls, I gave up on any notion of continuing on. 
I stepped back into the forested path, refusing to turn my back on the haunted house, gazing down at me with that one unblinking eye. And then I heard something beyond the crunch of my footsteps that froze me in my tracks. In the dead silence, it was like the rumble of distant thunder, growing louder and louder as the storm closed in. Within seconds, the rumble filled the air, and then it became a roar as a vehicle appeared at the mouth of the trail. Black paint giving way to rust, tinted windows, a foul breath of pre-exhaust. It was the van. And that was award-winning horror author Ken Stark reading an incredibly creepy chapter from his latest book, Arcadia Falls. Don't forget to go into the show notes for links to this book, links to his social media and website. Uh, you can follow links to our sponsor and other friends of the show alike. Uh, our social media is also in there. And don't forget to subscribe because as a subscriber, you're sure never to miss out on a new episode with a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter each week. Take care, everybody. We will see you in March. March.